It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. We also have here today is Ms. Ruthie Lee Millsap. We have two sisters here, Sister Dolores and Sister Ruthie. Y'all grew up together, but you're a year older, huh, Ms. Ruthie? Yes, I'm old, about two years. Two years older? When is your birthday? April 29th, 1939. 1939. Right. So you've been on this earth for quite a while, too. Oh, and and t- tell us, you have the most powerful story. That How many children do you have? I was a mother of 15. I have 11 living. You have, you have 15 children. And your children have? Uh, when I was 80 years old, they said I had approximately 166 grand and great grand. 166? Uh-huh. So, so I, I have no idea. I've had triplets and everything else since that time. So you got triplets in your family? And twins. and. So you, well, what side that come from? The, the dad's side or your side? Good side. The good side. Okay, okay then. <laughs> now, but also, you want, I want to hear your side of the story about the, on the beach. What did they call it? On the Biloxi Beach? What did y'all call it back then? Oh, we called it the beach. The beach, right? Uh-huh. And now they call it the Black Beach. The Black Beach. All right. So, the beach. At that time, we were not allowed to go on that beach. I think, uh, you could go on the beach to work and get off of that beach. You weren't allowed to go on the beach at all. If you wasn't at working, you had no right to go on the beach. You couldn't even go around the beach unless, unless you was working for the working for the man. Huh? Right. So now in 1960 or 59, what, what happened then? Around about 59, I got I, I, Dr. Mason, Gilbert R. Mason, delivered my children. And I got to know him through delivering my children, and he was the president of the NAACP at the time. And I got involved with him through the NAACP. And we had several meetings about different issues, about different things in the city. And they decided, the one meeting decided it was time that we needed to integrate the beach. So the discussion was that we were going to go to the beach to integrate. And as we met at this store, Claude Trahan Grocery was a neighborhood grocery store where all black people met. He was a white man. And you know, you go down there, run your mouth, tell your business. So they ran them out, telling that we were going to the beach. So y'all told the, y'all told the man. You didn't tell him. Well, you didn't tell him, but he heard the conversation. He heard the conversation. And he went back to the white folks. To his people. To his people. To inform them that. That we were going to boycott the beach. So on the day that we supposed to have gone to the beach, Dr. Dr. Mason organized the people to go. My mother, three other ladies supposed to have gone with them. But Dr. Mason stressed non-violence. Nobody carrying no weapons, nobody carrying no guns. And my mother said, not so. <laughs> not non-violent. Now, who's your brother? Nellie May Stewart. So it's Shotgun Nellie. Shotgun Nellie. <laughs> time I was, in 1960, I was pregnant with my daughter, Fabian. They just turned, what, 60? She just turned 60. So I was, I was like a child under these elder women. They would be like I am now to a younger person. Right. So I was a guinea pig. So when we decided to go to the beach, we all equipped for weapons. Oh, yeah, oh, so, so, so your although Dr. Dr. Uh, Mason said no weapons, not violence, your mama said... And we didn't go with him. Your mama said, I can't go with you then. Went down Nissa Street when they marched down Main going to the beach. So y'all went another direction. We went another direction. So by the time we got to the beach, from where we were, we could see the highway patrol lined up on the side where the residents stayed. 
line up on the side where the residents stayed. And the closer we walked to get to where they were going in the water to swim, the more we saw the highway patrol telling the white folks to come across that highway. So by the time the black folks got in that water to swim, the white folks come across that beach at the direction of the highway patrol, but they were all lined up and start, the, the white folks start beating the black folks. But the black folks excelled and whipped them. But we turned and went, went back. My mom said, either we go down there shooting or we go back. <laughs> we, we turned around and went back. Your mom said, you going to shoot it, huh? Anybody going to be hitting on her, huh? So by us going back, the next day the word got back to us that Claude Trahan, who owned the grocery store, was one of the white men, mask fell off, that, that was in the fighting of, the, of our people. So that made my mother say, well, we need to put this man out of our neighborhood. <laughs> so, so your mama said that? Yeah, so she, we formed, she formed three other ladies with me to boycott the store. So we got seats. Where his store was on the corner, across the street, was a filling station owned by a white man. To the left, across the street, was Dr. Gilbert Mason's office. Oh, right in the same area? Yes, oh, it's a, a four each stop. Then on the left-hand side, this side was a, a McDonald's here home. So we got us a chair and sit in chairs in front of the filling station at the white man's place. He allowed us to sit there. And we told nobody don't go in the store. We didn't allow nobody to go in the store. You're not allowed to go in the store. So after about three or four days, the police came and told us it was illegal for us to tell anybody to go in the store. So they say, no, so he's going out of business. So they used me. If you came down the street to go in the store, then I walked across the street to where you was and I met you. And I ran into you. <laughs> and you said, don't you, baby, what you going to do? I said, so I started hollering and screaming. And what you hollering screaming for? And here come the other ladies with their baseball bats and stuff, and they beat you up. And when the police come and say, you can't tell them not to go in the store. They said, we didn't tell them not to go in the store. This is a young lady, and he put his hand on this young lady, and she married his friend. <laughs> okay, but you got the message. After about a week, <coughs> Claude Trahan went to Dr. Mason across the street and asked him, please call them off. I'm losing my business. Won't nobody come into business. He said, call them off. Dr. Mason said, if you knew when you started this, you should, you would have to finish it, and I can't tell him nothing. And he did not say anything to us, and we did not hear nobody. We stayed day and night, me being pregnant, my husband worked for the government. So he would come and pull me off the corner, and every time he pulled me off the corner go back to work, I went back, back on that corner. We stayed out there all day and all night. So after about three weeks or so, I don't, I'm a, I, the, this group of people came down, I won't name who I thought they were, but they threw a bomb. We were sitting in chairs out there in front of the store and they, they bombed the place. They, bu they bombed the Troyan? Where well, y'all were sitting at? Yeah, they bombed where we were sitting. But we managed to get out the way and not get hurt. The filling station got damaged. But Jet Magazine came down and took pictures of us, but we boycotted that. But we were bummed and I was, I was in that Jet Magazine. 1960. June 1960. We haven't been able to find that book to the day. I've searched everywhere with every resource I can, but I can't find that book. But, but I was informed that the book was discarded because they didn't want them to know that part. But Trahan would come out there and tell them we would just leave him alone. He's sorry he did what he did. We told him that wasn't good enough. It's too late. We were yeah. not satisfied until we, we, we did not move until he went out of business 
He lost his mind, lost his wife, lost his family, he lost everything. And then we, we moved off that corner. And he lost his mind. You know, at that, at that time, white businesses were very large in the black community. They made their living. And another white man was up on the other corner. I think his name was Mr. Howard, but I'm not sure. He tried to tell her, you can't do that. We're making our living off these people. But being the type of man he was, he decided he could do us any kind of way and get our business too. And we said no. Yeah, cause, but you figure y'all ain't still talking about what y'all getting ready to do. He gonna go let his people know yeah, yeah. that, that y'all coming. Yeah, and, and he informed them because they would not have known. Not only did he inform them, he was a part of the whole, part of the whole, whole, whole deal. Yeah, he was out there with the people. Right. And, we, and we were not satisfied until he was totally out of business. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.